Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around the planet. It's midday madness time, so you call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. The next couple of hours, your calls, wall-to-wall, your calls, the next two hours. So dial that number and we'll get you on. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next two hours. That is the Midday Madness Promise. 1-300-736-736 is the open line. 1-300-736-736. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. The biggest ever EV sale is on now at Werribee Kia. So if you want to check out there. Electric range, it's there at Warwick here for you to check out. Uh, tell David, Janan, A, Jim, the whole team down there, we sent you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me. And the text machine is up and running, of course, but it's Talkback Radio. rather have a chat to you about, well, we're starting with the trial game between Melbourne and Richmond. Uh, your thoughts on it, if you watched it, I'll give you my thoughts on it. But you can send through your text as well, 433 98 Element 16, the all-new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Already got a text from it. Um, you never you never want to reassess your thoughts based on one practice game, but um, there were a few things reassessed, and Richmond had one spot on its list to assess, and they've made the call. So Michael T. Lafau has been added to Richmond's list. Uh, we'll get Sammy Edmund to tell us a bit more about the Kiwi recruit the ex-rugby league recruit who's joined Richmond, but they've jumped with that one in the last hour as well. Uh, one here from Joe on the text. Great news to hear Lafau being listed. Tigers VFL doing a great job. Uh, go Tigers. Joe from Mooney Ponds, thanks for being the opening texter, Joe. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your thoughts on the trial? You never want to completely reassess what you're thinking, but Melbourne did nothing to make you confident that they could beat the best teams in the comp this September with that forward line. Now, that could come in the coming weeks. Look, it looks good, it looks good on paper. You know, Van Royen, Fritsch, Pickett, uh, Petty when he's back, Petrarca when he's resting. Um, and it was only a trial game, so no need to panic, except that Melbourne's problem against Richmond Sunday is the same one we were told they would fix. So that's the issue if you're a Melbourne fan. Did you see it? Melbourne's forward line still don't have one that gels. Van Royen flies for everything. He'll kick seven or eight one day this year. There's no doubt whatsoever. He's got the skill. But is he going to be consistent enough? How many other options do they have? Their other two best forwards, you could argue, Melbourne, are two guys they need in the centre square for ball-ups, Petrarca and Pickett, because they are a lot better when Petrarca, Pickett and Gorn are in the centre. So your thoughts on it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A few things that I saw from it, well... Josh Gibkiss back is going to be huge for Richmond. If they want to do this press-up defence where they try and lock the ball in their forward line, it didn't work early. I don't know if you're watching that game on the week on yesterday, but for Richmond, they considered a lot of goals early because pushing up hard 
to lock it in your forward line means there's a lot of space over the back. And if you let it over the back and it gets through, then you get scored against quickly. Josh Gibbs is going to help them play that kind of game. And I think he did help them play it to the point that they were able to get it right after about the first 15 minutes. Max Gorn's got no backup this year. So Brody Grundy's gone. There was a lot of debate on this show as to whether Brody Grundy was a good addition or a bad addition for Melbourne last year. He was great insurance to have, and they don't have that insurance now. Max Gorn's second ruck is a question mark. Um, Sam Naismith's going to be a good backup, I think, for Toby Nankervis. He looked like he's going to be okay. Sam Naismith, um, he was pretty competitive against Gorn in the ruck. Samson Ryan, not quite yet a number one ruck, and not quite yet a full forward a key forward, Samson Ryan. So he's still a bit of a work in progress. To me, Samson Ryan, not only a work in progress the way he goes about it, but he's a little bit slower when it comes to getting the ball to his hands and to his feet. He does telegraph it when he's going to handball it and kick it. So he's got to refine that act. Uh, but there is a number of stars that show that they're going to be class acts again. Uh, I'm a big Jack Viney fan. He was top 10 in the Brownlow this past year. He's a superstar. Cosy Pickett, superstar. But is he in the middle or is he in forward? Because what's that middle forward split? They looked a lot better, Melbourne, when Cosy Pickett was starting the centre square for the ball-ups. I think Bailey Laurie can go next level this year. I think Thompson Dow can go next level this year. I think Jack Billings has been a good pick-up over the summer. He looked like he's going to be the kind of recruit that you need to just add a little bit of oomph. And he can get plenty of it. Um, there's a number of players like Jacob Hopper who showed his class, even though it's early. Shea Bolton, he's a star, and he could, he's the number one player in the comp every now and then. You know, can, can he do it for a whole season? Uh, Noah Bolter Ford, is that going to work all year? Uh, and Jacob Kaziski, I think he's virtually your number three if you're Richmond right now. He's got to be the guy with Tom Lynch out, but when Tom Lynch comes back, I don't think you play Kaziski, Bolter, and Lynch in that forward line for mine. So your thoughts, one 736 if you'd like to join me, one 736 736 Your thoughts on that game, there's a few of mine. There's a heap of other stuff I can get to as well, but I'd rather get to your calls. Um, Caleb Windsor started on the wing on McIntosh. He looks a bit of a find as well. Um, I, again, I like, I like it when Bailey Laurie pushes forward. I think he's a pretty good ball user, so I think he's going to be a good addition. Steely Green looked good. He went back with the flight a couple of times in the forward line, though. He's got to be told not to jump. Little guys running back with the flight in a forward line, jumping against your key forwards who are coming forward, shouldn't be done. And I admire his um, aggression at the ball and admired his commitment, but I don't think you want your small guys running back with the flight, jumping at it. Kynan Brown looked really good as well, so he could be a good pickup. So there's a few of those things that we can get to as well if you want to throw me your thoughts. Jacob on the road, you're first up to talk the Tigers and to talk Melbourne and maybe uh, to tell me what your forward line's going to look like when Tom Lynch does come back. Welcome to you, Jacob. That's where you going, mate? Good. Yeah, I think that our forward line looks good there. I actually think we saw some good flashes and and with, when Lynch comes back, Bolton could go back to defence and help Gidkiss. Because Gidkiss is still only a second-year player. So you think Boulder's going to end up back in defence anyway, Jacob, come the end of the year? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it might rotate, depends on who we play. But it's definitely um, not good signs for Melbourne, giving up 10 in a row from a forward line who no one expected us to do much and then to be the best defence in the comp. So it's yeah. a bad sign for Melbourne. Yeah, Jacob, just on that, though, I, I don't worry about that. I mean, I watched this game 
on the live stream. I wasn't there live. But I watched the game last year live where Hawthorne conceded a lot of goals to Geelong because they just kept kicking it inside into the corridor from half-back. So they just wanted to get it into the corridor. Melbourne were playing that kind of game. Melbourne just wanted to get it in there. So I don't think they should be too worried. I wouldn't be too worried if I was Melbourne about conceding four, uh, 10 goals in a row. Even though it looks bad on paper, and when you say it, it sounds bad, that's the last thing out of that game. And I know it's been harped on by a lot of people as being the number one thing out of that game that Melbourne should be concerned about. That's the last thing I'm actually concerned about because Melbourne just kept taking on those inside kicks. And in a trial game like this, I think that's what you need to do. Be aggressive in your game style with the way you want to play it. And this is the time to test it. Hawthorne tested it against Geelong at GMHBA Stadium earlier last year. They got absolutely smashed because Geelong just kept scoring on them to the point that Kane Corn said that Geelong's going to win the flag and daylight will come second. But it was because Hawthorne just wanted to be bold and try that game style in the preseason and comp when they should trial it. So that's the last thing I'm worried about with Melbourne. I think it was good that they did it. I think it was interesting watching Richmond take the ball wide, to be honest. Melbourne gave them the boundary, and Richmond took it. So I'm not sure whether that's a Richmond game plan under Uze, where from half-back, instead of going for the inside kick like Melbourne did, they're quite happy to transition it wide along the boundary, or whether Richmond just reacted to what Melbourne was giving them and said, OK, we'll take that. We'll transition the ball wide, because why wouldn't we? Melbourne's giving it to us. It's crazy stuff if we don't use it. So I think uh, I'm not sure which one is true. Does Richmond want to transition it wide or did they just take it because it was so open and Melbourne gave it to them that they went with it? Great to have your call on it, Jacob. Uh, you're first up, so you've got something from us. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valid at 44.95 coming your way. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. I've uh, got a few of those to give away as well. Dano in South Yarra. Welcome to you, Dano. You've got a thought on this. one 300 If you saw it, or have you got a thought on my thoughts and you didn't see it? Yeah, Dwayne, I've just got one thing I've got to say about Melbourne. And um, there was really only one thing that mattered yesterday as a big fan. And it was seeing Clayton Oliver back out there. He looked good. He looked sharp. He's, he's obviously taking him on a bit slowly. But that is the best sign as a D's fan because... The reality is, you know, they've, they've won so much over the past couple of years, but they can't go far without Clayton Oliver. He's the best player in the team, I think. And just seeing him out there, you know, really felt good as a Melbourne fan after all the negativity. Yeah, look, it's, it's one of those situations where I was a bit wary of it, watching it, because I saw what Geelong did. So I was at Geelong's training uh, a week ago. Everybody knows that. If you listen to the show, yeah, I went to Geelong training, but it was a... It was a closed session, and I was invited in as a pass player. Geelong allows every pass player to come into any session, even if it's close to the media. So I was kind of there as a pass player, not a media rep. So I didn't stand there and take notes as to who was playing where, even though there were some interesting change-ups for the Cats. But one thing that was reported, and I was happy to report, is that the fact that everyone was fit for the Cats, even Gary Rowan, but they held Gary Rowan out of that internal trial, not because he's injured, he is 100% fit, but from my understanding, because he just had a bub and his sleep pattern had been interrupted to the point that I think he'd been doing a little bit of sleeping in chairs and he hadn't had a, a good process coming into that trial game to the point that they were happy to just play him. 
because the last thing you want is an injury from someone who's had a difficult prep. So I was worried that Clayton Oliver, off what's been a really difficult interrupted prep, was going to be vulnerable. I'm glad he got through physically as well as mentally, Dano, so I'm 100% with you. And Sammy Edmund's going to bring us an update a little bit later on because you do have to make sure you are careful with guys who haven't done the training work. And I was really impressed with Geelong doing that with Gary Rowan. Even though he was fit to play and he did laps and was doing kicking skills, they made sure that they didn't risk him in that internal trial. Um, so there's been a couple of other signings as well. Uh, if Richmond are relying on Cozzy um, as a permanent forward option, if Melbourne's relying on Cozzy as a permanent forward option, it'll be a long year for them. I think, I think Cozzy is a great permanent forward. It's just that he looks like he's going to be an even better midfielder. Dano and South Yarra, thanks for your call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Hawthorne's also officially signed VFL defender Ethan Phillips to its rookie list as a supplementary player as well. So there's a few of those that have been named. Back to your calls after a quick break. Got a few things to give away, including some Brick Lane dining experiences for two, including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale, The Taste of Summer, and a few more Signet Boost power banks as well. And we've got a couple of Dwayne's World T-shirts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your thoughts on what you saw yesterday? I've given you mine. And we'll go back to your calls after this. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. I felt terribly sorry for Van Ryan and their forwards. I mean, they were just kicking predictably to the same place, and it felt a bit disheartening if you're a Melbourne supporter, albeit being a match simulation, that uh, there was just long bombs to the... Jacob Van Ruyen's not a huge person either. He needs the football place to his advantage. So he was on a hiding to nothing, and they haven't... Well, Pickett's obviously a great small forward, but they haven't got a, a range of small forwards down there. They're still trying with Chandler. Brown's a first-year player, looked looked impressive, but obviously they're not going to rely much on him. They've got to change their ball movement. There's no doubt about that. I think they need to do a lot more work the way they move the ball off half-back so they can get some clean entries into their forward 50 that gives their forward space. Pete Ryan with Jared Whateley earlier today. So he used the word disheartening, and as I mentioned off the top, uh, Melbourne's forward line, they still don't have one that gels. And that's what they spent the whole summer on. And the early signs, even though their early signs weren't great, but they can still fix it. But they've been telling us all summer they're going to fix it. A couple of texts. Well, back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you saw it, if you saw it, and your thoughts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line. A couple of texts on the way through. It's still a trial game. Melbourne's still top eight, but I was glad to see Gibkiss back, and I'm a fan of Samson Ryan and Green. Look good, but needs to stay grounded when the big boys fly. All over, uh, 100%. He's got to stop jumping back into the pack, back with the flight. Uh, but that's probably not a bad um, bit of aggression from the youngster, Steely Green, to tell him to stop running with. Uh, Joe, thanks for your text. Um, in 2024, the D's had McDonald at centre-half forward and Ben Brown at full forward. They would lead up to the kicker. Uh, due to injury issues, they haven't been able to copy the structure. Scott, yeah, it's OK to say, OK, well, one here on the text, when Melbourne will out petty, Van Royen, Fritch, McAdam, Pickett and Chandler, things will look a whole lot different. Yeah, Petty's not going to be around for a while. So you've got to get that fixed and fixed straight away. You can't just have a makeshift thing that doesn't gel waiting for Petty 
to come back. Yeah, I know Petty's a star, but uh, it's it's going to be an interesting transition for him to get back into that team. I'm not so much worried like Pete Ryan about their ball movement. Melbourne wanted to run it through the corridor, straight down the spine, and I like it. I like it, but their forward line still doesn't gel. Now, whether you go to the short pass option with Van Ryan on the lead or whether you go deep to the, to the goal square, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, which one you take, as long as you take the right option that's available for you at the time. You can't have a hard and fast rule to go to the top of the square long, and then when you look up for that kick, it's a three-on-one against your guy. You have to take the spare guy, and that might be someone on the lead 45 minutes from goal. So you have to be good enough to know which option to take. That's the decision-making process that they've been training a lot of these teams via the video tech that you've got now. But I do like the fact that Melbourne run it down the spine, or did at least run it down the spine a lot yesterday. Dwayne, Ari, Melbourne and Richmond, I think we found a new, or a few with Kynan Brown and Caleb Windsor. Both look very comfortable. Uh, I thought Verrill will be a backup. Look good in the ruck. Thanks for that. Um, Oliver showed he'll start round one. No Salem, Brayshaw, Spargo, Deans. These will be thereabouts. Yeah, hopefully Clayton Oliver will be able to front up round one and we'll have Sammy Edmund on after two to talk to us about the latest with Clayton Oliver. Gibkiss allows Bolter forward. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, Melbourne were very poor. It's not going well. Richmond rested so many. Craig, uh, Dwayne, where do you buy Richmond grand final tickets? Nathan, uh, nice one, Nathan. Thank you. Um, and uh, one, Dwayne, 10 unanswered goals. Who cares? It happens. Sometimes teams get a hot run on. You are aware uh, that last year round four, the Lions kicked 10 arts of goals against the Premier's con. That's exactly what I said. That's the least I'm worried about out of that game, the 10 arts of goals, because Melbourne were biting off that difficult inside the corridor kick from half back, and they wanted to stick with it because it was a trial game, even though they were getting carved up on turnover. Back to your calls, though, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. John in Port Augusta has been holding the longest, so we better get to you, John. Welcome to you. Yeah, hi there, Dwayne. Yeah, I watched a bit of that yesterday. I watched a fair bit of it. Did um, Kane McCall play at all? He, even in the, he even in the non... He did? How'd he go, the young lad yeah. from Central Augusta? Yeah, go? he didn't get much of a run, John. He didn't get much of a run in the in the the main four quarters game. But it's hard to assess him right now, John. So I haven't really seen a lot of him off the ball. I've seen him when he was on camera. But we'll be actually going to a few trial games, or this show will be going to a few trial games this week. So I look forward to seeing more actual live games as opposed to watching the live stream. So we're going to broadcast Waynesworth live from Icon Park this Thursday for the Carlton Geelong game. And we're going to broadcast live from Witten Oval this Friday for the Bulldogs Hawthorne game. So we'll be there live, John. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of these guys, these games live. And um, are we expecting any new shows on the Mighty Fox footy at all this year. And I'd like, I'd like Saturday night, that Saturday night show that a couple of years ago, four back, sitting down with a quiet red wine and having all that in the middle mm. of winter. That was good fun. Are there any John, two shows weeks away. The all? Yeah, no? we're two weeks away from the Fox footy love-in, John. So it's at the love-in that we get uh, explained what's happening, new shows, what we're doing next. Um, so that's I'm looking forward to it like everybody else is. John, I haven't really spoken to anyone at Fox as to what's new, what's happening that's new. Um, but um, the the Dwayne's World Live that I threw up for a Tuesday night, John's been knocked back. So you won't be able to call me live on Fox footy from 6.30 on a Tuesday. But we'll see how we go down the road with my own show on Fox. John, uh, how would you like that? Would you come on? 
I would. I would ring. I would ring for sure. <laughs> well, at least I've got one supporter. Great to have you called, John. Always love to have you on. Always love your company for Dwayne Tort, Dwayne Tort for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. It's Big Dad Mattis. You call, you get on. 1-300-736-736 is the open line number. 1-300-736-736. couple of texts and then we'll move on to a couple of other things that have been bubbling around. Our pipe, Melbourne are too vanilla. You can't let anyone kick 10 goals straight, even in an intra-club. Not looking good. Liam in Burnda, so he's worried about that. I'm not. Um... Hey, Pipe, Brendan Gale said we, were, we were, weren't recognisable last year. And the pleasing thing about yesterday was the pressure with the small forwards. Richmond footy. Yeah, there were really good signs for Richmond yesterday, but it is only one game. And that's what I suppose this text has had to say as well. Crikey, Pipe. It was Matt Sim with half the big names on both sides out. Ease up on the overreaction, please. Cheers, Johnny Mac. Uh, Johnny, we're just talking footy. And that's the footy I watched yesterday. And uh, it's the footy we've got. Um, and uh, I have spoken about this a few times, but um, if the AFL, the AFL is wasting Feb, so we should have a 25 or 26 game season. It'd be better than a 23 game season. So to me, um, I think we should be starting the season this coming Thursday, Feb 22. So let's put that on the agenda. Uh, we should have played the full round of trial games last weekend. And we should be starting the main home and away season with a 25 or 26 week season this coming Thursday. I think the AFL is wasting Feb. Um, people uh, texted in last week when I went with that editorial saying it's too damn hot, it's too damn hot. I think it's 17 degrees in Melbourne today. Dwayne, this is another text on something completely different though. Um, and I uh, wouldn't mind your thoughts on this as well. Just on the AFL announcement, there's a text. Of the $100 million per annum of investment in community footy over 10 years, they've announced in August 2022 that funding would increase. Uh, all the numbers are there, but the bottom line is $100 million of investment in grassroots footy was announced earlier today. Well, it was announced in the press, but earlier today we did have Rob Old on SEN talking about what they're going to do with the money. Wouldn't mind your thoughts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. dollars 100 million a year is a lot of money. And I get it, some of you are sceptical as to what the AFL is really going to provide grassroots footy. Alex, who texts in quite a bit, if it's the same Alex, Alex is often sceptical about everything the AFL does. Dwayne, I'm most sceptical about the AFL's announcement, Ari, the billion-dollar investment in community football. It was your classic pee-in-your-pants announcement. Uh, thanks for that, Alex. I get your scepticism. But let's just take them on face value, that they're going to use the money wisely. What is wisely? One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. One thing that stuck out to me from Rob Old earlier today on SEN, it really caught my ears, is that they want to improve indoor facilities at local level. Indoor facilities. So the ability to train and maybe play a different form of indoor footy when the grounds are not conducive to playing games. What are your thoughts on this? Rob Old on improving and growing outdoor and indoor facilities. Have a listen to this. The second one is facilities. Um, we want to create the best facility network across the country, both indoor and outdoor, and indoor is a bit of a new foray for us to create custom-built facilities for AFL to be played. So custom-built facilities for AFL to be played indoor. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 
What does he mean by that? Custom-built facilities for AFL to be played indoors at community level. Of course, this isn't what they're spending for the AFL clubs. We all know they've got indoor ovals, but that's their money to spend in their own time. This is community level. Are we looking at getting? Are they looking at getting infrastructure in place, big venues where you can take your local team down? So you can take your local Uni Blues or Paraka if it's in SA, take them down to a local indoor facility and book it for 6.30 and train there or actually play some indoor footy there. Is there maybe a new type of footy, indoor footy, about to be developed? Something in advance of, well, AFLX didn't work, but an indoor style of footy that can be played by those who want to grow up playing footy but don't want to play the big oval wet and muddy style footy with the crash and bash that's there. Here's Rob Old on potential new formats of footy to be played. There's a bit of, we've got to walk and chew gum a bit around, we want to make sure our traditional format's strong. There's Auskick, which is a new product we've put into the market, which is a, a bridge between Auskick and Juniors. Sorry, the Superkick bridge between Auskick and Juniors. There's Nines. I actually don't think, Kane, we exactly know what precisely the design and the format is today, but we need to commit to innovating. We need to understand what's working well um, internationally, what's working well in other sports. We're getting global participation trends of people telling us they are as attracted to events as they are competitions now. And we've also want to make sure that for diverse communities, coming straight into the mainstream version of our game can be quite intimidating. And so we want to make sure we've got some stepping stones that you still get that real footy fix it doesn't it's that not that much of a departure that you feel like you're playing a completely foreign game but it does need to have an, a, an ability to accommodate all people so you heard it your thoughts on it what does he mean by custom built indoor facilities to play footy and what is the not the mainstream version of the game version of the game going to look like is it afl nines what is it one three hundred seven three six seven three six and if you are sceptical yourself about where the money's going to go, where should it go if you're involved with a local club? Because they've thrown up a billion dollars, $100 million a year for the next 10 years to help grow footy. Your thoughts, your calls on Dwayne's want for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans as Midday Madness continues. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. The second one is facilities. Um, we want to create the best facility network across the country, both indoor and outdoor. And indoor is a bit of a new foray for us to create custom-built facilities for AFL to be played. Custom-built indoor facilities for AFL to be played and they want to develop a new entry-level game that those entering AFL can play, not the full-on, pumped-up, outside body contact version. Your thoughts on it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And what would the indoor version look like? I've played indoor footy, and it is a handball-strong game. You do probably need a bigger size indoor facility than just a basketball court size, but what is the AFL thinking here? And wouldn't mind uh, hearing more from the AFL and Rob Old as to what he is thinking. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your thoughts on his thoughts, Eric, in Doncaster. As we head straight back to your calls for Midday Madness. Eric, thanks for your call. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Um, listen, I'm just thinking outside the box a little bit, so bear with me. Um, 
I'm all for for uh, community money being invested in the community. I'm just thinking, you know, the AFL seems to have things wrong. They've gone a bit soft. Like, they brought in the Maynard uh, uh, rule now. You can get reported for uh, jumping up to smother a ball, which I find ridiculous. Like, I'm just thinking, why don't they spend this money protecting the little kids or the people that want to play AFL footy, showing them, doing simulations on how they can protect themselves if they put themselves in a dangerous situation, rather than punish the culprit, let's say, in Maynard for doing a simple fact of trying to smother a ball. Um, what's next? Jumping on the player's head to take a mark if you leave him in the back of the head. That's going to be a free kick if he gets concussed. I mean, seriously, let's think about what way players can protect themselves rather than bringing this, this non-ticky-tuck to a don't touch me, don't tackle me, don't sneeze on me type of footy, which is way the, the way the footy's going at the moment. And people are getting put off. Like, I'm seriously thinking I'm never, ever following footy again. And I've been following it since the 70s. You're seriously thinking of never following footy again, Eric, off the back of the Maynard change? Well, it's not just the Maynard. It's, it's a whole history. It's a whole history of uh, all these changes. Trial by video, do this, don't do that. You know, sliding tackle above the knees. This, that, all these changes are just destroying the game. They are destroying the game. And now, like I said, now a smother. You could get reported for smothering a ball if you take out the player. Like seriously. Yeah, no, if you tackle. if you're reckless and you don't if you don't if you don't have a realistic attempt at the ball, so the marking contest is different because you are attempting to go and get the ball to win the ball. And players have been suspended before for jumping into a marking contest with no intention to win the ball. That's reportable, just like jumping to smother when you maybe don't have a chance to smother the ball. Now, Maynard touched it. And let's just, I don't want to go back over old ground here, but if the Maynard rule that we've got now was in place and Maynard did exactly the same thing, given the way it was explained by the tribunal who let him off, he would still get off now. He would still get off because he was close enough with his attempt to touching the ball and it was realistic enough, according to them. But I would suggest the opposite is true. And if you've got a thought on Eric's thought, so is this actually stopping people from playing football? Is the sanitisation of the game destroying football to the point that people don't want to play it? Because I would have thought the opposite is true. I would have thought making the game safer is actually going to have more people want to play it. More mums and dads prepared to have their kids play it. And that's why I'm thinking that the sanitisation to the point that we've got the best game we've ever had right now, I think, and the grand final between Collingwood... Well, that was the best grand final we've seen for maybe a long time. So it was one of the all-time greats between Collingwood and Brisbane. So the game's in good shape, I would think. But if you've got a thought on Eric's thoughts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Has the sanitisation of it ruined it or is the AFL sanitisation of it and wanting to develop a style of competition, a new form of the game, whether it's AFL 9s or a, an extended numbers AFL X, is that actually going to help the game have people come through knowing that they're not going to get ironed out? Because I think trial by video, even though it's clunky at times, it works. You don't want someone to be knocked out behind the play, I don't think. But your thoughts on that, 
1-300-736-736. Got some Brick Lane dining experiences to give away straight after the break, including a three-course meal for two and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right back to your calls for Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. Ben, Darren, Ian, Paul will get to you all as is the Midday Madness promise. Uh, one here, Dwayne, I reckon Eric and others like him who spend their time whinging about the AFL should never watch a game again. But fat chance, John in Mernda, yeah, everyone who says they're not going to watch the game again often does watch the game again. Um, we have people who say they're never going to call the show again and then they call again the next week. Uh, one here, only people sanitising the game is putting off old and middle-aged men, young families with kids are now more, far more likely to play. So you win some and you lose some. And it's the kids and the new families the AFL wants to win, obviously, because you can't have this slow death of a sport because the older people love it, but the younger people don't want to play it. And that's what the AFL is trying to do here. Uh, one here, Eric says the changes for the players to adapt uh, is destroying the game. I'd counter that by saying the changes have been implemented to stop the game destroying the players, which I'm all for. Mark from Mitchum. And that is exactly what has happened. They've implemented all of these rules to save the players from themselves. And another one here, can someone tell me the last time a player was knocked out in a marking contest, e.g. near the back of the head? I can't remember that happening. Uh, there's a lot of those that have come through as well. Thanks to all of you who, well, one here. Well said, Dwayne. Eric obviously doesn't know um, Maynard wants contact when he's jumping, and I think most people thought that he wanted contact. But anyway, Ben in Bitten, welcome to you, Ben. As we head back to your calls, thanks for holding. Yo, how are we all? Um, Good. The uh, AFL wants to invest a, a billion dollars. Like, local clubs and volunteers are just investing so much time, their own personal time, to make these things float. We're still running around in old bibs and, and footies, like doing the old chook raffle to get footies, like... Invest in the simple stuff and get it right. So, Ben, that's, that's the question, though. The AFL does want to invest in the simple stuff. So are you telling me that every club probably needs a, a paid staff member to be running the club because the volunteer network system is falling down in the modern society? There's not as many people prepared to give their heart, soul and every minute of their week to a footy club like there once was. So should paying a, a full-time staff at every club be on the AFL's agenda? Mate, it, something's got to change. The amount of people, like I'm a bit involved in junior sport, junior footy, to get a side on the ground on a Sunday, look, I, I, I probably stand corrected, but it'd need, you'd need 10, 12 parents from each side to fill these roles. It, the requirement is through the roof, and they run on the smell of an oily rag. Like We're still using old footies, bibs. And yeah, Ben, ben I'm, the clubs I'm, I'm, I'm hearing your point. I'm hearing your point, and something needs to change. But what needs to change? I'm asking you what the AFL's got a billion to spend specifically. What do you think needs to change your club? What can the money be spent on that will help your club? Paid roles would be great because it would take the workload off some of these volunteers. And even some of these volunteers could get paid for what they do. Because, look, we all love it. And there's people that do mm. extraordinary amount of work in the community, and they're well-respected. But the pressure on them to, is... He's unbelievable. I'm agreeing with you 100% on that. I reckon a paid role person or two or three part-time paid role people 
is 100% what the AFL needs to spend some money on because volunteers are tough to find. Hold the line. We've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a card down at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a card midweek for $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Darren in Blackburn, welcome to you, Darren. Yes, good day, Dwayne. Thank you for taking the call. Um, just a couple of things, because I thought the last caller made some really, really valid points. Um, you can't legislate against inadvertent head contact. We uh, we saw that with Maynard, but I think we saw it again in the grand final with uh, Bailey and Murphy. Can't legislate against it's going to happen. But I think what the AFL is doing better, and I've been involved in community-level coaching since 2006, is we're coaching players to better protect themselves but we're also coaching players better in when to bump and especially when to not bump. And tying into the previous call, you were absolutely, Dwayne, each club should have a paid... Or each club, I think, that has a certain amount of teams should have a paid person to administer that because I've been in those roles myself and you're trying to do a full-time job and do your administrative role for the club and it takes up so much time. So if they can get somebody in and pay them a reasonable salary to do that, especially when the AFL is a not-for-profit organisation, with all the tax concessions that a not-for-profit organisation gets, they can still pay 10 executives a billion dollars a year plus. So they're my thoughts on it, Dwayne. No, 100%. 100%. Pay someone. I mean, I know what it's like at well, my old footy club's Paraka, and they run on the smell of an oily rag, and they've lost junior teams, and you do need someone to be able to be paid to do the job because volunteers are hard to find, and you probably get better people. If you're paying for someone, you probably go and get someone who wants to do the job, they're dedicated to it, and they're getting paid for it. It's hard. Volunteers have got to you got to leave your kids and family and say, I'm going back to the footy club again today. It's a hard one these days. Are Ian in the basin walking to you, Ian? G'day, Dwayne. Thanks for uh, taking the call. Um, look, I was commenting on the sanitising of the game. Look, I think uh, where the AFL's going is absolutely in the right direction. I've been involved in a local club on the committee um, in some of the key roles there. And the parents are certainly looking for... They love football, they love the contact, but they want a safe game. And that's not just within the game itself, but within clubs. The parents are voting with their feet. If they go to a club with blockhead coaches that are teaching the kids the wrong things, they walk away. And I think what's happening at the end of the day, it's a much better game. And what it's doing is it's highlighting the skills. Yet there's going to be inadvertent contact, and we we know that, that happens. But it's really showcasing the skills, and that's at all levels. And I guess the final point is that every now and again on YouTube or something like that, you see these little uh, clips about all the biff that went on in the 70s and the 80s and fed income. It might have been funny at the time, but you actually cringe when you look at it now. You think, geez, is that what the game was about? Whereas you look at, and you talked about last year's grand final, the skills there were just unbelievable. And I think that's what we should be celebrating and walking, working towards at all levels. And as I said, at the junior level, that's what the parents are looking for too, I believe. Yeah, great to have you call. You make a heap of really good points. The one here on the text kind of backs it up. Watch old replays. The hits of the past were horrific and unnecessary. And in most cases, hitting unprotected players. Changes made for the better. Hey, back to your calls and texts after the break. one 736 736 If you've got a thought on this, the sanitisation of the game, what should the billion be spent on? I think it should be spent on paying some people to do the job at clubs rather than rely on volunteers.
Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have you company for Dwayne's World. Keep your calls coming on that open line number for some more Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1-300-736-736. is the open line number. And this has morphed into the great debate for titanium caravans. Built tough to tackle Australia's harshest conditions. Make your next caravan a titanium what should the AFL spend the billion bucks on? And should it be an administrator at every club or maybe two or three volunteers getting a little piece of the action to help the club get off its knees because so many clubs are on their knees? And what should the AFL be doing when it comes to a new form of the game for indoor stadiums involving less players as an entry level to the game of AFL so you don't have to step straight into the full body contact outdoor game? And... The third thing that we've been discussing is off the back of what was said earlier today on SEM by Rob Old, and that is, and our caller, uh, is the game sanitised too much? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. because quite a few coming through on the text saying that the, the AFL sanitising the game a little and making it safer has actually brought more people in than it's cost as watches to the game. Uh, Maynard was reckless. Any ball code would have suspended him except AFL footy. Wouldn't look good if we didn't clean it up. That's from Dean. Uh, Dwayne, the issue with paid roles is you will lose a heap of volunteers. People will envy that person. And the loss of volunteers will follow as they will all want a slice of the pie. Oh, I reckon AFL clubs and people are a bit better than that. I think if there was someone in control at a footy club helping out and helping a volunteer not have to spend as much time, or if there was a volunteer who'd been involved with the club for 25 years and never got a cent for it, finally started getting paid to do the job that he was doing or she was doing, then I think that would be a good thing. I don't think the other volunteers would be upset. It would mean that they could actually spend some more time maybe with their families and not have to commit so much of their free time to it. Another one here, a part-time administrator, a minimum must at grassroots level. Some uh, well-off local clubs already pay people but do not but not everyone is well off enough to do so. That's from Duna as well. Uh, my local footy club ops bloke would do 20 hours a week outside of his full-time job. And you're right, there's a lot of these people around who are just doing the job for the love of it. Maybe we should be paying them out of this billion bucks the AFL's got to spend. Paul and Doreen, you've got a thought on the sanitisation of the game as we head back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks for taking the call, Dwayne. Yeah, look, I'm all for it. I think... Um these guys go through enough, and I'm, I'm surprised half of them get on the ground every week. So to take that uh, safety side of things is a, a great step forward. The science is telling us that we need to protect them. The litigious society we're in, and I don't blame past players for uh, suing the AFL to do that either. So, um, you know, we, we've got to look at all these factors, and the, the AFL has to, you know tread a fine line here as well so you know it's tough for them I, I, I don't want to I wouldn't want to be in their situation and in saying that Dwayne it's all good to put money back in the grassroots and that as well but these guys at the top when you compare it to sports around the world they're not getting paid a lot and I think they put themselves through a lot more than say a soccer player a tennis player in their professional careers maybe we need to compensate them more with all this money as well yeah look I think they're getting enough I like the fact that the AFL is earmarked this $1 billion to be put back into grassroots because you need to grow the next Dustin Martin. You need to encourage 
the next Marbia Chole into the game. You need to encourage the next Georgia Prasparkas into the game. So that's what they obviously are trying to do with this entry-level new style of game, whether it's a nine-person indoor game, whether it's a five- or seven-person indoor game. I think it's a great idea for the AFL. When it comes to... See, our AFL is only little in comparison to the big international sports. Yeah, our guys should earn more. I agree with that. I mean, they put on a great game. It's a fantastic spectacle, but it's not an international sport. So in some ways, I err by comparing it to basketball and the NBA, and I err in, com- in comparing it to cricket and soccer, which are global games. Cricket, not so much compared to soccer, but global games where the money is enormous. Um, and the money for cricket, by the way, has only become as enormous as it has become because they invented another entry level to their game called T20. So uh, the AFL tried and failed with AFLX. Maybe they do need to introduce something that has a bit more cut through than that. Um, Laura in Mill Park, you got a thought on this. Laura, welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne. Um, in terms of like the where the money should go, so, I mean, I started umpiring almost 20 years ago. And just in some observations I've made, like, you know, people are always calling for professional umpires. And they say there's no pathway. I've always known the pathway, and I think a lot of us do. And I think there is a clear pathway. But people, for instance, like, say, a goal umpire coach at, say, like your EDFL or NFNL or whatever, they do a lot, and they don't get a chance to get out and coach people more, I guess, to therefore develop them more. And I think if we had more paid people to do that, then we could bring them up through the ranks. Even just to exam, you know, to give an example of the professionalism um, that's required, you know, stuff like that. And I think we can start bringing up better umpires. Who was it? Someone said yesterday, maybe Kate, or sorry, on the weekend, that they were concerned that the quality of umpires coming through, that a lot of the umpires are in their 40s, and the quality coming through isn't as good. But I think if at a junior level we had someone to observe and to coach, we need more people, I think, rather than just having one one coach and maybe one assistant, you know, across the entire mm, weekend yeah. trying to see all these umpires and all these games. My coach, absolutely amazing. Um, and then the other thing is I think they also need to pay sports trainers. I'm going to be a sports trainer this year and I've already started. And I was shocked that they're saying that they're struggling to get any. I'm doing it for the love of it. Um, but, you know, the reason that they don't get a lot of sports trainers is because... Um, because the pay's really bad or they're not getting paid. So I think that's really important too. Great to have you call, Laura, given that you are close to local footy. So many of the texts that we've got coming through, so many of the calls are coming through from local footy people who've got their own story to tell, which is great. Uh, one here agreeing with you from Damien Pipe, pay local umpires more. That's a great starting point. Give people a real incentive to get into umpiring. That's the starting point from Damien. Laura, thanks for your call. Uh, keep your text coming as well. Uh, that last text was correct. They will all want to be paid and we'll be comparing how much work they do to the person that's paid. We've got to be better than that, though, don't we? We still need the same amount of volunteers. That's not the answer. Janine, I appreciate your text. Um, and I just hope that local footy clubs would be better if the AFL said, right, we're going to pay staff at your club sixty grand." next year. Every club is going to have 50 grand, 60 grand, 40 grand, whatever it is. And you need you can spread it how you like. You can spread it over. You can pay five people 10 grand if you want, or you can pay one person 50. 
Um, hopefully that could solve a bit of this issue. Hayden in Rosebud, I'm coming to you. Aaron in Plimpton Park, I'm coming to you as well, by the way. It's Midday Madness and Dwayne's Port for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Hi, Dwayne. I think the AFL need to consider paying administrative-type staff at community clubs. Uh, and Taylor Swift with Brilliant, Vic from Maritma. Thanks for the double uh, bit of advice from you. And I do think that that's where we're at right now when it comes to local footy. I think you might get better people as well if you offer someone about 40 or 50 grand at least to give up some of their time. Hayden in Rosebud, uh, you want to talk Cosy Pickett, Hayden? Welcome to you. Yes. Yeah, Brian, good to hear you. are doing good, mate. Um, I haven't heard anyone uh, talk about this, but um, my understanding, having my old man be a former umpire, uh, if you're suspended through um, in se- any in-season game, you're ineligible to play another game until your suspension is over, and that includes practice matches of any sort. Uh, no, he's allowed, he was allowed to play on the weekend, Hayden, because uh, he picked it, even though he's not allowed to play round one or playing round one. So he was allowed to play on the weekend. And this is a bit different to the old um, Escort Cup uh, pre-season competition. They're all virtually practice games, Hayden. So um, they are allowed to play him, from my understanding, but he won't be playing round one. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had the understanding that yeah, even practice matches, that they weren't allowed to play. Well, they've watered it right down. I'm not sure about this year because they've changed the rules a little for this year. There are a couple of alterations to the rules this year or um, when I say alterations, the rules for the practice matches do tend to change over time. You know, we had the nine-point super goal at one stage. This year, I think it's unlimited interchange in the practice matches that you will see on Fox Footy and on KO in a week and a half. So it will be unlimited interchange how many rotations you can have. Uh, instead, I think you've got six players on the bench as well that you, you can rotate. So it's not strictly the rules that we'll be having for opening round that we've got in that last practice match round. So yeah, whether that means that Cozzy Pickett's allowed this year, I'm not sure, but I presume so. He's also still eligible for the Brownlow this year, even though he misses round one because it was a suspension emanating from what he did last year. Um, here's Kane, by the way, on Cozzy Pickett. Uh, I thought he was sensational yesterday. I love him in the centre square for bounces. I think I agree with Kane on this one. Goody needs to release Cozzy Pickett's handbrake. Put him in the centre bounces more. Has every, he got the every, tank? Well, Has he got the tank? Does he need the tank? Because does... Yes. Can you not go to centre bounce and be a centre bounce forward player? I think he, I think he can be that. Can he Cirioli. be Sirioli yeah, did it. Sirioli Bolton started to do that. It. Um, Rochelle's going to do that. Rankin's going to do that for Adelaide. Every time he's in the centre bounce, which is so crucial, and Melbourne have been a very good centre bounce team, he lights it up. Um, he averages 11 touches for his career picket and a clearance per game last year. He's a big goal kicker. He kicked a lot of goals. I want him to get to 15, 16 touches a game, and the benefits for that to Melbourne will just be, will be enormous. Now, he's not a high-possession player, I get that, but every time he goes to centre bounce... He does something. So I think he went to eight yesterday, eight centre bounces. You'd love to see him in there for 30 40% of the time at the Ds. And they started to do that early last year, but then went away from that as the season went on. I just think you can do that. The 666 is. So it was Kane and Bucks on SEN earlier today. I would ramp it up. I would say I'd like to see Cozzy in there for 40 to 
of the time. But on yesterday's form as well from Cozzy out of the middle, and he got a few clearances, my advice to him would be, if I was Simon Goodwin, not to go the wrong way out of stoppage. Because every time he wheels backwards, he gives the opposition defenders a chance to set up a bit better. They know you're coming. You've got to get out the front as much as you can, Cozzy, rather than that big U-turn wheel around to get out the front eventually. But it was great yesterday. Aaron in Plimpton Park, you got a thought on the grassroots spending. Welcome to you, Aaron. Thanks, Wayne. How are you, mate? Good. Uh, just thought I'd say, I'm in junior sport at the moment. I've got three young boys, and I think your, your money to volunteers might be a, a bit small of a Band-Aid. And I think maybe the infrastructure or the software behind running a club might be a better place to put the money in. So, hey, look, we'll set up easier ways to reduce the amount of man hours that people are putting into helping out on Saturday, uh, getting the teams up, filling out their safety, their first aid, their team matchups, um, all that sort of stuff. I don't know whether the AFL could uh, maybe streamline some of the running the club stuff where, where the hours are lost um, behind closed doors. Um, yeah, you're spot on, Andrew, in that. I mean, Sam Mitchell has been in the game a long, long time, obviously, as a player and as a coach, assistant coach and a Hawthorne coach. He goes overseas and he sees Ange Postacoglu's system at Spurs and he realises, hang on, Time management-wise, we're not quite doing things as efficiently as we can at AFL level. Now, for Sam Mitchell to realise that we're not doing things as efficiently as possible, you can imagine what it's like at grassroots football, Aaron, if they get an IT expert, if they get someone to help them with the software and educate it as to how you can actually do these administrative things a little easier with uh, better computer skills. Because I know that there would be a lot of 50-plus-year-olds running footy clubs who are not quite as adept with the modern technology as young people are, Aaron. So training someone up to be able to do it efficiently is is a very good suggestion, and I wouldn't have thought of it unless you called, and that's the beauty of Midday Matters. So we might have to add a new segment to this program. Hey, Laura, if you're listening, um, for Laura Kane, we did it on Friday. We might have to have a whole new segment because, hey, Laura, if you're listening, that's a good one. Um, you've got a Brick Lane dining experience for two, including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers, uh, in fact, you're over in Plimpton Park, so you're in Adelaide. We'll send you Dwayne's World T-shirt. Aaron, I appreciate you jumping on in Plimpton Park. Uh, Marty and Melton, we'll come to you after the break. one 736 Keep your calls, keep your texts coming. one 736 Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It's the beauty of midday madness. You never know where it's going to go. And one caller's reaction to the sanitisation of the game ends up in the great debate for Titanium Caravans, Australian-made luxury off-road caravans. Keep your calls coming. We'll head back to your calls for midday madness, one 736 Just on that caller that sparked... A lot of this. Uh, the AFL need to invest in a dump button for Dwayne when these Collingwood supporters ring up. Tim from Garfield. Well, he was just having an opinion. That's the beauty of Midday Madness. You call, you get on. His opinion was that the game has been sanitised too much and that's the reason why the AFL needs to spend money on trying to encourage people to be part of it again. Um, hi, Dwayne. If anyone still misses the head-high contact in the AFL, they can go and watch those Neanderthal sports such as boxing and MMA uh, I just pity the poor brains involved, Greg, in Caulfield South. Look, every different sport is different, and people love MMA, people love boxing. If that's their thing, that's their thing. Uh, it's a big world we've got, and you can pick your thing. And I reckon there's a lot of people picking footy as their thing right now because it's a safer game to play, especially mums 
and girls. Uh, this is on my suggestion of having the season start this coming Thursday rather than this Thursday fortnight. Hi, nice, Dwayne. Currently 25 rounds, two buys. Make it 27 rounds. Play half the league twice. Then the following year, play the other half of the teams at once. Um, Brent, and that is Ken Hinckley's suggestion as well. So it would be a 26-game season and it would work to make it a little more even than it is right now. Not totally even, but a little more even. Uh, another one here on that. Practice game should be the first two weeks of Feb. Full-on games should have started last Monday night and played the first four rounds over a week. One game a weeknight, every doubleheader, even doubleheaders from Perth. Rest of the games on the weekend. February's boring, and I agree. The AFL has wasted February, I think, this year, and hopefully they'll start to use February. Keep your text coming, 0433981116, the text machine for 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. One here on what kind of game should the AFL be developing, given Rob Old said that the AFL wants to develop suburban indoor venues for a new form of the game. Is that AFL 9s? What is it? Um, indoor soccer and cricket has worked for years. Why not footy? About time. So there's one here that believes it is something that will flourish in the suburbs if the AFL can get it going. I'm not sure what kind of form of game that would be, but I like the idea. I did play indoor footy years ago. One here, we used to play indoor footy at the local tennis centre. Played in the nets, two tennis courts long, seven aside, dedicated full forward, full back, couldn't go after half, go over halfway, no tackling. It was a hell of a lot of fun. And that sounds like the form of indoor footy I played as well in the local cricket nets, uh, tennis nets. Um, Dwayne, uh, the AFL are trying to create a new game across between netball, basketball and marbles. Uh, I understand your cynicism, but they're trying at least. Um, and uh, trial by video was introduced to stop behind the play. King hits, not to focus on split second decisions by players around the ball. David, that's the other thing that, and i just throw this out there as well. But I know, Marty, you're on the line. I'll come to you. I just want to throw this out there. The AFL brings in things like trial by video and then starts to focus on the split decision uh, hits as well. And I agree with that. I think it's a good idea, even though initially that's not what it was brought in for. What's going to happen when the AFL brings in chip in the ball technology? So the AFL is going to bring in chip in the ball technology to allow them to adjudicate whether the ball is over the goal line or not. We heard Laura Kane say they're developing it. But what, what happens then when you've got a chip in the ball and you've got the technology to know whether the ball travelled 15 metres for a kick? Do you start using it then because you're capable of an umpire knowing whether the ball went 15 metres or not? So the play-on call in play becomes um, used more often because the AFL has the process with the chip in the ball technology to have umpires adjudicate 15 metres more accurately? And then do you have play on, yield out by umpires who know the ball's been touched in play? We know that the ball in the chipping ball technology is going to be used to adjudicate any goals that have been kicked where someone claims to have touched it. But what if the ball is touched in play? Does the AFL simply call play on because they know it's been touched, not wait for the umpire's call of touch play on? That's what happens when you introduce something new. How much do you bring in with your capabilities through technology? Marty, thanks for holding, Marty. Welcome to you. Good. 
two quick points to one. Firstly, on uh, Petty, I think he's one of these players, mate, that just gets better and better the less he doesn't play. Because in all honesty, in six, seven years, whatever he played, he probably had five, ten games where he was actually seriously influenced the match. So I think he's now going to sit there waiting for him to be, I don't know, the next buddy Franklin or something or so there forward behind his issues. Yeah, we're just losing you a bit, Marty, but I'm hearing what you're saying. I agree with you on Petty. I mean, you're holding out for someone who might not deliver and he might not be around for half the year either. Uh, so I'm agreeing with you on that. Have you got to clear a line? Just stand on the box or something, Marty? Yeah, is that better? Yep, that's better. Yeah, so the second point is, you know, we've, uh, like, I didn't sort of think about it, but how Pippet got suspended in the final, right? Most round yep. medalists come from the prelim team or the grand final team. Holy creep on down court. Yeah, they get a free hit at doing something they shouldn't do in the biggest games of the year, the biggest color, biggest color games of the year, and it doesn't affect them in, in the biggest award of the year. So I think if you suspend it for next year, you should just not be able to win the Brownlow this year. Simple as that, mate. Like, yeah, I'm hearing you. I don't like that adaption, uh, adaptation of it. I don't like that as an idea, but. We don't see many players throw king hits in grand finals anymore. The the whole Lynch-Wakeland thing is something of the past. Um, and you wouldn't want to be too reckless in a prelim final either, by the way, because you're going to miss the grand final. So um, that's exactly what Maynard went through. Uh, he was in danger of missing the grand final, obviously. Um, but I appreciate your thoughts, Marty, as always. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Need a quick break for news. Straight back to calls. I think we've got one or two callers on the line. Can't be straight after this. <laughs> Grab out your texts and your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. If you'd like to join me, that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. The biggest ever EV sale is on now at Werribee Kia. Dwayne, AI is the answer. I think one day field umpires will be just messengers for someone upstairs who will be telling them if something was kicked 15 or touched, etc. Well, that's what's available to the AFL if they go with the chip in ball technology. Dwayne, if my maths is right, you could give 40000 K per season to 2,500 clubs to pay staff, but also there needs to be more functions centralised to leagues and regions and restructure local footy to a model which is more efficient. Yeah, look, I've been to... Well, the Port Arlington Footy Club had a big fundraiser over summer that I went to. I wasn't paid to go there. I just went as a person going along to watch the entertainment. And uh, some clubs are doing it really well these days, and Port Arlington had a pretty good summer fundraiser or two. Uh, Dwayne... I'm from a powerful junior club in the northern suburbs. We've had to pay football operations manager for 10 years. How can the money find its way to junior clubs who really do need it? How much pie will be left after the many consultants have taken their cut before it filters down? Um, and I, I know there's a lot of people sceptical that it, whether it can work or not, but at least the AFL is going to try to make it work. Just because we're worried that it won't work doesn't mean that we don't even try to pay some volunteers. Dwayne, regards to paying volunteers, what happens after the 10 years when the AFL money um, that they have promised is finished up and clubs don't receive the money from the AFL? Harder for volunteers to go back to not being paid and would make it harder for clubs. Nat, I get that, Nat, but that's in 10 years' time. Why wouldn't you accept the AFL's offer of helping your club with money now, not say no now, worried about what it's going to look like in 10 years' time when they maybe don't supply it, because I would presume that if the AFL prospers and more people come through, that the AFL's billion dollars they've offered up for the next 10 years is going to be around 
again for another big slice of the pie in another 10 years. Hi, Pipe. What about using rugby, soccer fields, and play a game similar to half-court basketball? Dan in West Footscray. Well, there is indoor soccer venues. Maybe the AFL should be making indoor footy venues about the same size. Maynard's hit was avoidable, avoidable and unnecessary. Thank you for that. Another one here, Dwayne. I'm in my 50s and wish the rules that exist today were around in the 90s. It was a frightening game back then. And I think there was a lot of people who had turned off the game back then, didn't want to play it because it was too nasty a game for them to play. Uh, Boris says, wonderful egalitarian approach, ensuring access to elite footy for all, not just the private school systems. And I would presume that none of the billion dollars the AFL is offering up for grassroots football will end up in the private school system. It'll go to grassroots club. And hey, Pipe, kudos to the AFL for trying something else like the indoor scenario, but with the franchise like Cricket in 2020 concept, the game itself is still played the same way, whereas indoor footy type would have to be played under a different style of indoor format. It would be. It'll be a different game, but that's what the AFL is trying to do, get a form of the game that those coming into the game will enjoy playing without the full-on tackling of open field footy. Back to your calls and your texts after the break. one 736 736 is the open line number. Still got a few things to give away. Brick Lane dining experiences for two to give away. Three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Uh, Dave from Melton, you there, Dave? Good day, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, this isn't going to work, mate. The a- what the AFL should do is get together with local councils to improve facilities for the young boys and girls and training rooms right around the place. Yes, I agree with that. But if you're just going to pay a few people at a football club, you know how much trouble and arguments and crap you're going to start at every club? And people are just going to disappear and say, yeah, give it to him. He's the ones getting paid, not us. That's what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, Dave, couldn't we just tell the local clubs to grow up? Hey, we've got, got $50,000 to spend here on staffing. Are we going to say yes to it and grow up and work out between ourselves like adults how it can be best used and who it should best go to? Or are we just going to say, no, we're too immature to make it work? Yeah, exactly. We're too immature to make it work because people are greedy, mate, and jealous, and they get upset. I don't know if you know what human beings are like, Blaine, but that's what they like. Yeah, maybe I've got more faith in humankind than you, Dave, especially at local footy club level, but no, maybe you're right. But, I mean, is Dave right? If the AFL offered up $50,000 to help your staffing improve, to stop volunteers from having to do everything for nothing, would it just cause more arguments and not be worth it? Because if that's where we're at, then we're all cooked. I reckon we've got to have more faith in humankind than that and more faith in humans being able to cooperate and get over their pettiness. But maybe Dave's right. We're not big enough to grow up yet. Mark in Traragon, welcome to you, Mark. Dwayne, how are you going? Good. Good. I think the biggest... I've been involved in football in Australia for over 30 years. The biggest problem is that no-one's on the same page. The first place we need to start is AFL have a strategic plan. The, uh, uh, then the uh, AFL Victoria, uh, they have their strategic plan that rolls down to the league level. They have a strategic plan and that rolls down to club land. So everyone's on the same page. That's the first place we need to start. Yeah, it would be nice if there was a system across the board. I'm agreeing with you on that. Hey, we need to take a break, but Anne in Hatfield's been good enough to call. Welcome to you, Anne. Hi, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good. 
Uh, I'm just ringing about the Collingwood uh, fan that rang last Thursday in regards to Carlton um, breaching the salary cap in the 1995 grand final. Well, that's absolutely not true because it was 1998 to 2001. But I guess he wouldn't have rang about that because there were no premierships to Carlton in that time. So, yeah, I just think it's just slim and mud, that's all. And mud sticks, so... Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you calling and correcting that because you're right, that did come through on the text and it needs to be clarified, corrected. So I'm glad you did. Uh, we've got a Dwaynesworth T-shirt coming your way. Hold the line. We need to take a break. By the way, thanks to Werribee Kia and the good team at Werribee Kia, David, Janan, Aid, and Jim and the whole team down there. Uh, the EV6 is down there. The EV9 is down there. The Nero is down there. All their great new electric vehicles. You can test drive them now. And the winner of the best Brownlow win of the last 15 years has been decided a competition thanks to Werribee Kia on Friday. Gary Ablett Jr.'s 2009 went head-to-head with Dustin Martin's 2017. And the winner, Gary Ablett Jr., 55% to 45%. So congratulations to Gary. At Werribee Kia, you can book your test drive in the EV9. The biggest ever EV sale is on now. Back with more, you at Waynesworth. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. And the text machine has gone into meltdown with people telling me that Dave is exactly right, that local clubs are not grown up enough to use a $50,000 gift from the AFL to pay volunteers. Uh, let me read a few of them out. Uh, tossing 50000 to clubs to go to volunteers, disastrous. Only 5% of clubs would do the right thing. Another one here, Jono from the Boo. Dave is spot on. It would be a disaster. James in Mordialic. Um, yes, Dave is right. Another one from Janice, uh, Janice. Uh, yes, Dave is right. That's the real world, Dwayne. Use the money for umpires, facilities and equipment. Uh, another one here, Dwayne. There is more politics in local footy than Parliament House. Um, one here, no, it would be good to have a general manager for each club. It's unsustainable for volunteers to keep doing the work they do for free. But uh, there's not many of those texts coming through. Dwayne, I reckon Dave is right. Unless the 50 grand is specifically targeted and controlled, people will just grab it and create more problems than it's worth. Another one here. Uh, That money in local club would go to certain family members who are already involved in the club. I know it would in the country footy clubs I've been involved in. It's got rot written all over it. Uh, Jeez. Not a lot of faith in humankind at local footy clubs at the moment. Uh, But the AFL is trying to... Well, one here, hi, Dwayne. Most junior football clubs are run by parents whose kids are playing at the time. When they finish their junior footy and other kids start playing, new parents turn up. Having a constant paid person makes sense. They would know they're there to help and move into those roles. So there are some that have some faith. Um, but uh, there's a hell of a lot that don't. It's Melbourne Mavericks IMAR Membership Week. You can join the tribe, get pre-sale access, 20% off ticketing, merchandise discount, merchandise discounts. You've got exclusive Trailblazer merchandise and more. Secure your inaugural membership today at melbournemavericks.com. And Shay Bolton-Brown, Melbourne Mavericks General Manager of Netball, has been good enough to join me. Welcome to you, Shay. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Exciting times now. I know you had uh, the horrific um, incident on the weekend. We'll talk about that shortly. But uh, other than that, it's pretty exciting what you've got on offer in the next coming weeks. 
Yeah, absolutely. We are ramping up. Um, we're on our countdown to round one and um, now's the time to jump on board because whilst, as you just alluded to, there was um, a little bit of an incident that meant that we only had two and a half quarters of netball. Those two and a half quarters of netball were bloody slick. So we are excited mm -hmm. to see what we can do. Um, and you know what? This is the inaugural membership. So you can be the first of the first. Um, and we want to get as many people on board as possible um, in the lead up to round one. So home games at John Kane Arena, it's it's the main venue that you're going to be playing at. So people that jump on board will get access to those games. Yep, that's right. So we'll be playing um, six of our seven home games at John Kane Arena, which is really, really exciting um, venue for us. We want to try and pack it out as much as we can. And we think there's enough. Um, new and old netball supporters and um, to, to fill it up. So, yeah, we're really excited to play at that venue. So tell us what did happen to Sarah Glasgow on the weekend and how is she? Yeah, Sasha, she's, um, she's okay. I mean, it was a pretty horrific um, incident. Um, she went down um, with a, a, a pretty significant um, fracture to her leg. Um, we couldn't move her from the court um, so in the end, we had to cancel the game after it took about um, yeah, 40 or 50 minutes to get Ambrose to the scene and all of that. It was, um, it was the, the girls as well were pretty um, distressed to see their teammate in such huge amounts of pain. Um, and so in the end, we ended up cancelling the rest of the game. Um, but we had a really great turnout as well. Um, it was a, it, it was all um, it was all looking amazing up until that incident, um, and we're really really grateful for all the fans that have showed their love, care, and support um, in and around after um, um, Sasha's injury. And yeah, can't wait to um, keep repaying them for that. And how is she today, and how long will she be out for? Yeah, so she um, had surgery yesterday, which all went to plan. Um, we don't have a lot of extra detail beyond that. Um, it will it will depend on a, a number of factors, um, but at the moment we're we're looking at a um, a pretty long term injury um, and time to recovery. But we'll yeah we'll, we'll have to watch this space. And how tough a decision was it for you to have to make that to call it off? Yeah, I think there's so many different factors that went into that decision. Um, obviously, you know, the players are cooling down as well, so there was definitely a physical element to it. Um, but it was a pretty, um, um, yeah, brutal injury. It was quite distressing for a lot of the fans. Um, you know, there was an audible um, snap and all of that kind of thing, and so oh. it was it was something that um, we we did have to manage from um, sort of a player welfare, fan welfare, all of all of the things as well. Um, and yeah, in the end, we just decided that um, yeah, it was it was time to um, just abort the game for that. Uh, but fortunately, we, we we were able to gather all of the fans outside on the beautiful courts at Waverley Netball Centre. Um, both the Sunny Coast players, which we are so grateful for, um, did heaps of fan interaction alongside our players. So it was a really beautiful show of unity. Um, you know, you can have that fierce rivalry on the court but then to all come together and um, be there for the fans and for all those um, little girls and boys to be getting photos with their favourite players and all the autographs and all that. Um, yeah, despite not being able to finish off the game, it was really cool to see.
Yeah, great to hear. I really appreciate uh, the update as well as to her health, and I really appreciate the fact that you're flying at the moment and uh, and you need as many members as possible to jump on. So thanks for your time, and let me plug it again. Shea Bolton-Brown, Melbourne Mavericks General Manager of Netball, Melbourne Mavericks IMAR Membership Week. Join the tribe, get pre-sale access, 20% off ticketing, merch discounts, exclusive trailblazer merch and more. Secure your inaugural membership today, melbournemavericks.com. Guess what's back? Rapid Fire, Midday Madness, up to the news. Your last chance, one 736 Jump on now and we'll get you on as Midday Madness continues to the 2 o'clock news and then plenty still to come after that. Sammy Edmund with the latest news news. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness Rapid Edition all the way up to 2 o'clock. I could read a heap of your text. One here, Dwayne, you can't trust the clubs with a paid administrator. Uh, at local league, clubs would just put the cash into paying players, which is already out of control. Um, thanks for that text. So many texts have come through on this uh, Dave's right, unfortunately, local league affiliation fees are enormous. Uh, Cricket Victoria give Premier Clubs $25,000 every year to cover the cost of their admin manager. They've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, clubs in top up the wage if they want someone more full-time, and it works very well. Well, maybe Cricket has a few more people who aren't as childish, as it sounds like local clubs have got. Natasha in Berwick. Welcome to you, Natasha. Thanks for jumping on. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I was just calling in regards to medical issues at a local club level. Um, as a mother, it's quite concerning when there's people who are, you know, have very basic first aid training, and you go to a game with, you know, 16-year-old boys and they're knocking each other out, and you're waiting 40 minutes for an ambulance to arrive. So, I think some of that money could potentially be used for, say, St John's ambulance or something to be at some of these games. Um, at a club, at local club level on the weekends just to provide that extra layer of protection there for when these things do unfortunately occur. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the protection of our kids, um, the help of our kids from those that are volunteering is a hell of a lot different in your mind as a parent than it is if you've got a trained professional there giving you some advice because it can be crazy when your kid gets hurt. And Natasha, great to have you call. Hold the line. You've got a Brick Lane dining experience for two including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale, the taste of summer. Um, Dwayne, uh, if the AFL is serious and they need to work with local leagues, the Ballarat Footy League has increased fees by over 100% this year. Um, thanks for that. So fees is another one that's come through on the text that could be helped. Uh, Andrew and Nidri, are you there, Andrew? Yes, I am. It's pretty quick. Uh, Skill development coaches, they're all in junior football. I think there's a lack of skill development for all, all grades. And I think that uh, it'd be because uh, there's not enough people giving their time to assist in that area. Athena will help you pay down your homeland faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Catch up with the latest news, including the latest Clayton Oliver news after the break. Always love your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Always love hearing Sammy Ebden over summer. And he's on the line. Welcome to you, Sammy. Great to be with you, Dwayne. For the first time in 2024, it feels like. So thanks for having me along. Well, it's been great listening to you. Breakfast. I'm kind of missing you on breakfast. It's good to have 
uh, Gary and Tim back, but uh, I enjoyed you on breakfast over the summer. You've been working with an array of different people. The, the volcano's a bit yes. different to Simon O'Donnell. No, just a little bit different. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But enjoy them both in equal measure. But yeah, the cane. Uh, what did Jared Waitley call him once? An evil genius, which I think is uh, is probably most <laughs> apt. But great to be back with you. And a, and a big news year coming up, uh, I'm sure, across uh, all sports, but particularly our bread and butter here, AFL Rod, across the SEN network. And uh, hey, we've got some games to discuss, of course. We have. I'm really excited to have you back. By the way, Sammy Evan joining us for the McNugget Buddies are back at Macca's. Get yours in the limited edition Kerwin Frost box. Joining us for a McCafe coffee catch-up, Sammy Eben. Okay, Sammy, uh, Clayton Oliver played yesterday. Yeah. There's been a bit of a, a, a re-calculation um, as to what he has to do to get back into... AFL footy, you've been digging up the latest on that. Yeah, where we go from here. So one of the great stories out of uh, yesterday's game, of course, was the three quarters or the three periods that Clayton Oliver did play in, Dwayne. Of course, in the so-called B game, I suppose, that at Casey Fields yesterday, hard of the ball, reckless, cracked in, was hurt for a period of time, thankfully only winded. Great goal, the left foot snap, real influence. So all the things we would have hoped for. But that was the comments from the assistant coach, Troy Chaplin, in the aftermath that raised some eyebrows. I wanted to play these for you, Dwayne, because the question came to Troy around, well, what, what happens here in terms of Clayton Oliver potentially playing uh, against Carlton in the upcoming official practice match, I suppose, and then round one beyond that? This was uh, Melbourne assistant coach, Troy Chaplin. A little bit out of my hands, but um, look, I, I'd assume that he'll probably play some more minutes against Carlton, but that process will be a club process and an AFL one as well. And Probably Goody and Richo will work closely um, with those uh, with the AFL and, and what that looks like. Uh, but it was just great to see him perform and, and play well. It doesn't look like he's Mr. Beat. He's trained extremely hard when he's been away from the group. So he's put himself in a good condition to still be able to perform uh, once the season starts. Does a great job, Troy Chaplin down at Melbourne. But I think a lot of people were thinking, Dwayne, well, what does this mean? Does the AFL need to tick yeah. off on something here? Is this an effect? Yep. Can he not play until the AFL give the green light? But what the situation is, is rather than needing the league to approve or rubber stamp Oliver's return to meaningful action, uh, Melbourne, like, well, I'm assuming like other clubs, have regularly consulted specialists outside of their um, outside of their four walls. So that includes some people at AFL House who are experts in this area. So Oliver's complex challenges are, are something at times that Melbourne seek external advice and assistance on, and, and this remains the case. So that's what Troy Chaplin meant. And you'd think, all being well, he definitely plays some minutes against Carlton on. That one's on Feb 28. Lockie Hunter will play against the Blues as well. Angus Brayshaw has been sick, so he missed the Richmond game. Charlie Spargo will come back against Carlton as well. But uh, so far, he's uh, he's uh, looking good anyway. Um, and I know there have been some doubts on Clayton Oliver potentially lining up in round one, but he's on the right track at the moment, Dwayne. So it's medical professionals and Melbourne's call as opposed to the AFL, you're saying? Is Correct. I think, this is, I think this is more of an assurance rather than an approval if we're referencing the AFL. So, look, yeah. uh, Melbourne would put their hand up, I'm sure, and say we're not experts on all things um, away from football when it comes to some of the challenges Clayton Oliver has. So we seek external help. We know Clayton's got his own team, um, medical team, that work with him away from football. And, and clearly there's people in at the AFL employed on this front that, that have been helping out as well behind the scenes for a period of time. So I think that remains the case. So is it fair to say a few people have been putting two and two together and getting five on this after Troy Chaplin's thoughts? Well, probably, yeah, probably. And it did read like that, didn't it? But that's what that's yeah. what Troy meant. So, um, okay. so again, those conversations will carry on. And, and hopefully, um, I think we can all agree, he, uh, he can just uh, worry about his football from here on in for the foreseeable future and get himself right because uh, he's coming from a fair way back, but all things looking good at the moment.
So club lists had to be finalised today. There's a few players that had to well, perform on the weekend and perform well at training to get themselves on the list. And uh, my Kelty Lafau has been one of those. You've got a list of them? Yeah, I do indeed. It's deadline day for the SSP signings, of course. Maybe we'll start at Hawthorne, where the VFL intercept defender Ethan Hillips has been officially unveiled. There's been some uh, some speculation about this in recent days. Dwayne, he's a intercept back, 196 centimetres. He joined the Box Hill Hawks at the start of this preseason, but now finds himself on Hawthorne's list, of course, after James Blank went down with that season-ending ACL. He's 24 years of age. He, VFL listeners will know he's been starring for Port Melbourne the last few years now and did emerge um, in their VFL Team of the Year in 2022, I think it was. Claimed the Fothergill Round uh, Mitchell Medal as the competition's best young talent. So the Hawks have got, you know, Frost, Denver Granger Barras, the new draftee McCabe, Will McCabe, as options, but they didn't want to let Phillips slip through their hands, so he was unveiled today. And then you mentioned uh, he's been referred to as the Auckland-born Kiwi Colossus, uh, Colossus Dwayne, uh, Mike Kelty Lafau, who beat out Mitch Schofield for that spot at Richmond. So 195 centimetre New Zealander, he's 25 years of age, previously part of uh, famously Melbourne Storm NRL development program, but has impressed at Casey and did impress uh, at VFL level at Richmond and at the weekend when he sat um, when he sat a few players on their backsides as well, Jake Lever among those. So he throws his weight around the big fella and he's going to get a crack at it. So we wish well. So that's where we're going. Is it Kiwi Colossus? So you can give me direction on that. I can blame you. I'm happy to when take Kiwi. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. happy for Kiwi Colossus. Uh, if he if he makes his presence felt uh, in, in a game that you are calling, Dwayne, I'd expect nothing else. Uh, Tyler Sellers has uh, caught the eye of David King earlier on uh, in the preseason, didn't he? He said there's another Sellers on the scene, and it's not Mark, but it's Tyler. So three goals in a recent Ruse Intra Club. He was uh, signed by North Melbourne today. Did kick 30 goals in the uh, in the club's VFL side last year. And then there's another one at Essendon. Sam Sofranetti's unlucky to miss out at Collingwood. Might yet be unlucky to miss out at Essendon. So this one, I'm told, is 50-50. Kane Baldwin's foot injury, which was seen to have opened the door for Sam, is not as bad as initially feared, Dwayne. So now not considered season ending. So the Bombers weighing this one up. And I want to take you to the kennel before we leave the lists alone. Mm. So 10 months after the Western Bulldogs plucked James O'Donnell, the cricketer from Premier Cricket Ranks as a Cat B rookie, the Western Bulldogs are trying to do something similar with a Victorian league spinner by the name of Will Parker. But this time they've got some competition, Dwayne. It's from Collingwood. So the 21-year-old Will Parker weighing up Mm. what avenue to take in what would be a return to the game after a pretty promising TAC Cup campaign back in 2019 for the Eastern Rangers. He's played four Shield games for Victoria but none since 2021, and I think he's out of contract this year. So crossroads moments for Will, um, and he's choosing potentially between Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs if he is to uh, go back to the footy. And I think uh, Michael T. Lafau is going to join Andy and Gazy a little later on this afternoon. Awesome. So the Kiwi Colossus will be on later. What have you got for me for sellers? Are you going, is it... <laughs> So you'll be going with McClure, or what's his nickname, Basil? <laughs> Could it be? Or, well, who's our who's our alcohol sponsor? Would Vintage Sellers, if he actually does something <laughs> that's, right. that's uh, really good, be okay? Or not? I don't mind Vintage. I don't mind Vintage, to be honest. I don't mind that at all. Sponsored by Liquorland, yes. so won't be getting a run, of course, Liquorland, uh, and drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Hey, by the way, just with the practice matches, um, they resume on Wednesday, North Melbourne and Collingwood. So this one is at uh, at Olympic Park headquarters at Collingwood called the AIA Centre. So the unofficial games, don't they churn out some interesting game structures? So this Ruse-Pies game is going to have four 25-minute quarters, Dwayne. There's certainly nothing unusual about that. Mm. But then it's going to have two five-minute scenario periods, which is what the clubs are calling it. So it might be... 
in the first of the five minutes, the Pies are up by five points. And then in the second of the five-minute periods, the Roos are up by five points. Who knows? But but I didn't mind that. We we see a few six, 20-minute periods and the like and seven quarters and uh, seven periods and eight periods. But I didn't mind the two five-minute scenario uh, periods that the North Melbourne and Collingwood footy clubs are going to run. Yeah, I like that. So would there be would there be a big countdown clock so the fans can get involved? Well, I'm assuming so. I mean, they've got the the scoreboard there; they could run something on. I'm really not sure how yeah. it's going to work. Obviously, the public are allowed to uh, to attend, but um, maybe some clubs do this unofficially, Dwayne. But interesting, the clubs have put they that uh, in writing and documented it. So, the five minutes of scenario training out at Collingwood and North Melbourne on uh, on the Wednesday. A uh, bit of Sheffield Shield action. Rain unfortunately stopped uh, Victoria and New South Wales the match up at the SCG, Dwayne. The Vicks uh, closing in quickly on outright victory here. They needed seven wickets at the start of the final day. They've got New South Wales 8 for 116 at last check. Still 86 runs shy of forcing the Vicks to bat again uh, in a match that obviously has been headlined. How good is this? By Will Pukowski's seventh first-class century, but his first one for a few years. 131 he made in Victoria's first and only innings, which is great. Great to have you, Sammy. Sammy Edmund joining us for a McCafe Coffee catch-up. For those unaware of your practice match, when it's on, let me just run through them quickly. So North Melbourne calling with us Wednesday at yep. 10 o'clock. Sydney and the Giants Thursday at 10 o'clock. Carlton and Geelong Thursday at 11.30. We'll be there broadcasting live from that at Icon Park. So that's Thursday at 11.30 start. Brisbane play the Gold Coast Thursday at around 6 o'clock at night. Bulldogs and Hawthorne play Friday at Wittenover. We'll be there broadcasting live from that with this show as well. St Kilda and Essendon Friday 2 o'clock. Port Adelaide and Adelaide Friday, 5.30 at Alberton and the West Coast and Fremantle Saturday at around 7.45 our time here in Melbourne. I'm not sure what time that is locally, but they play late Saturday afternoon. Uh, some sad news in the water racing today. Really sad news in the horse racing industry. Very elegant passing away overnight, Dwayne. Complications giving birth to a foal. Of course, this is the 2021 Melbourne Cup winner. Won the Caulfield Cup in 2020 as well. So, uh, really sad news. Uh, a statement released by Chris Waller Racing uh, earlier on today. So, very elegant, sadly, passing a, a giant of uh, the horse racing industry, Dwayne. And many years ago, I went over to the London Olympics to cover it for Channel 9 when I was broadcasting there, and I, was, I broadcast the equestrian. So every day, I went to the equestrian. Right. It is a different world, the equestrian world. I had to immerse myself in it for six months before I was calling to understand the terminology and how the point system worked, etc. Uh, they're a different kind in equestrian, and you've discovered... A little story on the sideway? Yeah, I bet you never saw or never in, in your understanding of the terminology you had to, had to familiarise yourself with the Mankini, Dwayne. But here we are because a reminder some of us might need, I'm not sure, from time to time, time to time, is that Mankinis can get us into strife. Now, Shane Rose is a three-time Olympian, an equestrian rider, who has been stood down from competition for wearing, Dwayne, a Mankini while riding in a fancy dress competition, that's a danger in itself, and an event known as the Wallaby Hill Extravaganza up in New South Wales, the Southern Highlands there. So Equestrian Australia have reportedly acted after some attendees on the day were offended by the fluoro mankini, Dwayne, and they've given Rose, well, a ban from competition. And obviously in an Olympic year, there would be some worry, I reckon, from uh, the Shane Rose camp about how or whether this will affect his Paris ambitions. Who would have thought that you might miss out on Paris because you wore an orange mankini to a fancy dress uh, show jumping spectacular? So he rode his horse he in ro- a mankini. He rode his horse in an outfit that Borat would have been proud of. Right. Yeah. Okay, Can uh, you believe it? Geez, for, for those that... What's, what's the equivalent here in Victoria, the RSPCA? 
Might get a few calls. No, that's that's not nasty horse. What was the name of the horse? No, it? I'm not sure, but uh, I'm not sure the horse had a, a lot of say in the matter either, Dwayne. Uh, either, but uh, next thing it knew, its uh, rider was. I think it was, <laughs> was sporting it. I think the horse said Fleur nay, nay. Mankini. Yes, <laughs> nay, <laughs> nay, indeed. Nice to have you. Uh, good stuff, Sam. Nice way to finish. Uh, it's going to be hard for you to bring us one of those every day, but uh, I hope you do. Thanks for your time. We'll talk tomorrow. Go on, you, Dwayne. Sammy Edmund, SEN Chief Reporter from McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. The McNugget Buddies are back at Macca's. Back with plenty more after the break. one 736 736 Lost in the wash, not far away as well. There's something that's been lost in the wash today. We should have got to it by now. You can jump on the line now if you'd like. one 736 736 for Lost in the Wash for Schauser. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Bolt up, bolt in. Standing start from the 50. Well, that's five in a row now, and they've levelled it up. Noah Bolter, who's going to get the free kick. We know that distance won't be an issue at all, and, and neither will the accuracy. So he got there first, and that's his second. It's a 50-50 ball. Bolter, as it's squeezed out, he gets past one. From a tight angle, he snaps it through for his third. Again, Bolter involved. Steers it low. Campbell got it to Bolton. He pings it through. Oh, May, a little bobble. Bolter bearing down. Bolton comes in to lend a hand. Took it away from May. Gets it back from Bolter on the skid. Two in a row. That's three for Shea. They have been manic with their Ford 50 pressure in this game since halfway through the first quarter. And they get another one on turnover and kick ten in a row. Great to have you company. Wherever you're listening to Dwayne's World, Richmond fans celebrating the performance of Noah Boulder and Shay Bolton for Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934, Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives just on that game. One thing I didn't want to get lost in the wash, and that is Richmond pushing up hard, locking the ball in their forward zone. Here's David Teague talking about it earlier today on SEN. Richmond playing the front half game. So a little bit of Adam Uze's game style is being exposed. Is David Teague on that? In terms of uh, the game style, it's it's pretty similar. Um, we want to play a front half game. Lots of the good teams now. That's that's the trend. We want to get the ball in our front half and, and pin it in the front half. Um, we probably identify we need to to probably limit our turnovers deep out of our back fifty. We 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 caused uh, we allowed too many turnovers last year, which we got scored against. If we can just sort of minimise that, but once we get up the field, looking to be uh, probably a little bit more aggressive and attacking and get that ball in our front half, and then um, who's coming from Melbourne? We've seen how they have been able to defend their front half and keep the ball in their in their area, and that's something. Uh, from a system point of view, it's not too different, but the way we've educated and trained has been some slight tweaks and hopefully the energy of the players. I think with a new coach, you want to see energy, you want to see them all um, connecting and uh, that was a great sign yesterday because I thought that was probably our, our best part of our game. David Teague, Richmond assistant, talking about that front half game that Richmond intends to play under Adam Uzo, and we're going to see all of these different clubs and their game styles rolled out in the coming week. Can't wait to be at a couple of them to be broadcasting live. This program live from Carlton Geelong this Thursday at Icon Park and Friday, Bulldogs and Collingwood on Friday from 11 o'clock. We're broadcasting live from 12 at the Witten Oval. One other thing I didn't want to get lost in the watch, but one here on the text, and there's been quite a few texts come through. Let me race through a few. Um, there's been a few attacking Melbourne and where they're going to get. 
this year. Uh, I understand exactly where you're coming from, but it's only one trial game, so we won't get too hard into that. Um, uh, I coach under-14 girls footy. A coach would put in an absolute minimum of 10 hours a week. Secretaries and committee do more. Call me a purist, but the beauty of community sports is that it is unpaid. Maybe one paid sports admin person, probably the secretary, who is paid to do all admin and team registration and liaises with the league, etc. Uh, I love doing it. Can we all give something to our communities? Go the mighty under-14 girls, Richmond Junior footy team in 2024. Scotty and Tigerland, yeah, there is part of the beauty of local footy is that it's always been voluntary and unpaid, a lot of it, but uh, it is 2024 and it is hard to find volunteers this year, this time of uh, year for a lot of clubs who are struggling to field teams. Uh, the AFL need to have some kind of influence over local leagues, starting with making it fairer for those poorer clubs who struggle to field juniors by stopping the bigger clubs taking their kids. So many suggestions have come through on the text that I don't want to get lost in the wash. Uh, will the AFL provide media with an in-depth session on the AFL laws of the game prior to the 2023 season? A huge problem we have with the game is the lack of understanding of the rules by the media. Sol and Caulfield, will all of us in the media get a briefing pre-season? And if you're not there, well, we're not allowed to not be there. So the Fox team, we have our love in when we do get um, a couple of representatives from the AFL come in, and it is compulsory. So we will all be there. I've been there every year, and it's enlightening because it does change. Johnny Mill Park, before we take a break and take some of your calls for Lost in the Wash, have you got one early for us, John? Welcome to you. Yeah, good day. No, you're spot on. I mentioned that straight off the top as one of my thoughts on the weekend, that Naismith is going to be a good backup. Toby Nankervis needs help. Naismith's going to be good at it, I think, better than Samson Ryan, who is not yet, I think, good enough to be a number one ruck. He's not yet good enough to be a key forward. He might eventually be, and we all hope he eventually is, but I think Naismith is a guy you need. And there is a contrast there with Melbourne. Max Gorn's got no backup of the quality of Sam Naismith, so you're 100% spot on with that. Uh, and I'm agreeing with you. It's one of the good things that Richmond's done with their recruiting. Keep your calls coming, Lost in the Wash. Got a Dwayne to a T-shirt or two to give away. One thing I also, one text here. Lost in the Wash. Dwayne, the Giants doing their leadership photo shoot at the Harbour Bridge. Nothing could be further from them representing Western Sydney. This is why we can't grow the game in the West. They are distancing themselves from their supporter base. Now, I like it. Go and steal a bit of Richmond, a bit of Sydney's territory is a good idea here for the Giants. They call it the Battle of the Bridge. The Sydney Swans hate it. The Sydney Swans hate the fact that the Giants, every time they host a contest between their crosstown rivals, they call it Battle of the Bridge. So much so that during a Fox broadcast last year, we got a phone call from someone saying, can we please not call it the Battle of the Bridge? Because Sydney didn't like it. But that's what they were billing it as with the Giants, so that's what we called it. So there is some nastiness between the two, and I like it. And I think Dave Matthews is a ripper. 
And I like the pantomime hate. So your thoughts on this? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Do you like a bit of pantomime hate or not? Is it good for the sport or not? We talk a lot about the pantomime boo on this show. That the boo is fine in footy in the right context. context. But the pantomime hate is something else that I enjoy. And here's Dave Matthews with a bit of it, if you didn't hear this. They were the last team the Giants played. How important is it to kind of get the season going off the right way? Oh, I think it's really important. I mean, we hate Collingwood almost as much as we hate the Swans. So, you know, they're the perfect opponent for us in the opening round. We think the game will sell out. Um, and, and we just want to see a packed giant stadium and, and get, a, get away with four points. So, yeah, it's a perfect start for us, we think. Dave Matthews, I love it. Do you? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Lost in the wash. After news. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. I'll call mum because I know she'll definitely answer. Morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. I just had my meeting. How'd you go? Yeah, it was all right. Um, it was not too bad. <laughs> I got it. You did? Yeah, I got it. Congratulations, that's so good. Thanks, Mum. Oh, that's so good, Kelly. I'm so happy for you. Like we've been saying all along, you have worked so hard for this. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Mum. Love you, Mum. Beautiful moments and tears there. That's Michael T. LaFau telling his mum he's been signed by Richmond on their last list spot today after his performance yesterday which was his ball reading capability as well as his body use was great to watch yesterday so well done to him and uh, he's going to join Andy and Gazy, I think in about an hour's time so I look forward to hearing a bit more, more from McKelty Lafau. that's on the Richmond website by the way if you want to jump on Richmond fans and see that uh, live oh, sorry let's see how it transpired live lost in the wash for Schauser give back to your local footy club with Schauser um the Dave Matthews pantomime hate has worked. Uh, certainly rattled Brett from Bacchus Marsh's cage. Jeez, fired through. Text after text. Collingwood owns the Giants financially, emotionally and mentally. That's why they hate Collingwood. They are the fax pipe. Brett from Bacchus Marsh. Um, GWS hate Collingwood because they want to be Collingwood. Reality is they will always be financially dependent on Collingwood and all the other big clubs. That's just the plain fax pipe. They are irrelevant in every aspect of the game. Brett from Bacchus Marsh, uh, and he kept them coming. Uh, he can hate as much as he wants. Reality is the Giants are an irrelevant, non-viable club. Collingwood will always own GWS financially and mentally. Let's see if you read that out, Pipe. Brett from Bacchus Marsh. Uh, well, it's worked. Dave Matthews has certainly got you going, and publicity is what it's all about. And uh, what a perfect move by Dave Matthews to get some publicity for the Giants. Nola in Perth. Before Brett Phillips joins us, welcome to you, Nola. Yeah, hi. Actually, before I say what I've run up about, just with that guy, what he needs to remember is it was the women West Australian states and the South Australian states that dug the VFL out of the, well, I'm not going to say the word, way, way back, that, you know, you weren't always financially up there like you are now. So just remember, you know, 
just way, way back that you actually, the VFL had to be pulled out of the mire by the interstate club. Anyway, what I've Which actually is growing up Which about, is truth, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they forget that. You know, it's all right to say, oh, Collingwood have just that and the other. If it hadn't have been for actually the Eagles putting millions to keep the VFL afloat, and, you know, like I'm a mad Dockers person, and I hate the Eagles when we play them, just, but, you know, people need to remember that if they were on their knees before the interstate clubs came in, which has got nothing to do with the Giants, but that Collingwood guy needs to remember that. What I've actually rung up about, and this is going to be absolutely probably knocked on its head, but it could be something black and white. When we go for goal, if the ball goes through the goals, whether it t- t- touches the post or not, it is a goal. If it goes through the point, it is a goal. If it hits the post, and bounces back in, it's play on. And if you get a kick after the siren, if it hits the post, it's a dead ball. Would it just be a black and white rule that could even help goal umpires in lower, you know, lower grades? Because they're not going to have all this AI technology. That's only going to be for the AFL. So you actually have to learn the game with the rules of the day. You can't just all of a sudden get to the highest level. Oh, we're going to have these special balls, so if you do this and hold Mm. the game up, why can't it just be black and white? If the ball goes through the goals, it's a goal. If it goes through the points, it's a point. If it goes out of bounds, who cares if it tips the pole? It is out of bounds, and it just makes it black and white. And when you're sitting there watching your ball go through the goal and you've got, yeah, we've got a goal. Oh, no, apparently a finger tip of the ball has touched the post, so it's a point. Appreciate your call, Nola. Uh, chipping the ball technology will uh, avoid us having to do that, but I appreciate your call. And thanks to all of you who've called today on that Werribee open line. The team will look after you down there at Werribee just like family. Visit Werribee and you'll find the incredible EV9 available. Book your test drive today, plus a swag of brand new 2024 Kia's on offer at tremendous driveway prices, you've got the 2024 New Picanto from 19990, 2024 Stonic from 24990, 2024 Celtos from 3990, and the 2024 Sportage from 36990. Drive away, and the 2024 Sereno from 53990. Drive away. Talk to the team about their finance offers at Werribee top dollar trade-ins, and over 300 late model used cars in stock. Werribee Old Geelong Road, Hobbers Crossing. And be sure to check out that EV9 for a test drive, worrybekeer.com.au, LMCT114, the Worrybekeer open line, back open tomorrow. Brett Phillips, host of the first serve, 8pm tonight across the SEN network. Why do you, Brett? You've got a bit to talk about. Yeah, plenty to talk about, uh, Dwayne. And, yeah, look, uh, Alex Dimonori, I mean, he's rolling along beautifully, our number one Australian man officially today. He's nine now in the rankings. We know he cracked the top 10, of course, just before the Australian Open. So nice to have a little single digit uh, next to his name. Uh, Runner-up in uh, Rotterdam to the man who, well, he's running hot, isn't he? I mean, he's the most informed player in the game right now, Yannick Sinner. Australian Open champion. 14 matches in a row he's won this year. Make it 15 at the back end of last year. And he was just a little bit too good. I mean, you know, he hasn't beaten... Sinner yet, Demonori zero and seven, but I think you'll take a lot of that scoreline. It was seven five six four overnight, Wayne. So a lot closer for Alex, but he's playing some of the best tennis of his life uh, right now. And you know, two young men, as Richard Krychek, the tournament director, said, who won Wimbledon back in nineteen ninety six. He said, "What a pleasure to watch you two. The next generation uh, tennis is in safe hands." And yeah, it was a really good quality match uh, overnight. He's just got to 
just got to get a little bit better to try and crack uh, Sinner at the moment. And you got some Australian Open news, even though the Australian Open is done? Yeah, well, this has certainly been floated across the weekend, uh, Dwayne. Uh, and once Tennis Australia floats something, I reckon you can just about lock it in that it'll happen. Uh, we're 12 months away, of course, or 11 months away. Uh, but certainly there's been the strong suggestion from TA they would like to look at playing the women's, women's final on the Sunday night as the finale to the tournament and mm. switch the men to Saturday night. Now, I suppose for everyone who's got to go to work and go to school the next day, to have maybe an 11 o'clock finish on the Sunday night would be better than maybe 1am, 2am potentially of a men's five-setter. And then you get, you know, the men into Saturday night, marquee slot, all eyeballs on the tennis. Uh, I'd say it's probably going to happen, uh, Dwayne. Now, they don't have to ask the ATP or the WTA for permission because they're independent, the the slams. Now, whether all the other slams would uh, look to go that way, We'll have to wait and see. But uh, the Australian Open, once again, trying to do something a little bit different and uh, we'll watch that space with plenty of interest. 8 o'clock tonight, the first serve. More breath, Phyllis, more tennis tonight. 8 o'clock tonight. Now, Andy and Gazi coming up after three. Tom Morris might join them. Now, Tom Morris on Twitter is reporting that uh, Taryn Thomas has received an 18-week suspension from the AFL. So we'll chase that story uh, to get a bit more on it. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been a pleasure to have your company for Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans today. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans, Dwayne's World, and Midday Madness. Back tomorrow at midday. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. So many texts came through today on that 40 winks and temper text. Your new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress. Ever is here, Tampa mattresses like no other. A couple here like me love the pantomime hate, uh, love the panto hate too, Dwayne. Sheedy was a master of it, um, could make something out of nothing and get crowds to games. But another one here from Gary, it's not the Battle of the Bridge. Swans don't want it, so don't call it that, please. That's from Gary. Well, the thing is, Gary, when the Giants have the home game, they bill it as they want it and they call it that, mainly to annoy the Swans who don't want it called that, but... If it's a Giants home game, they can call it what they like. Uh, another one here, just on the hey, Giants need to need the pantomime just to make the news or seem relevant. Swans don't participate in it because they don't need it. Childish behaviour and not becoming of a modern club. So there you go. Someone doesn't like the shooty style. Uh, recapping the breaking news that Tom Morris has reported on Twitter or X that Tarrant Thomas has been given an 18-week suspension by the AFL, according to Tom. Sammy Edmonds going to join Andy and Gazy with more details as they come to hand. So that's after the news coming up. Time to celebrate some lives. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. A family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Happy birthday to VFL, AFL and Tasmanian footy legend Peter Hudson, who turns 78 today. So stick around. Plenty still to come on Dwayne's World. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to download the Dwayne's World podcast anytime you like, it's all there on the podcast you can have a listen back to the show or any of the individual chats that we had today but please join me tomorrow for midday for midday madness and put that number in your phone 1300 736 736 it's brought to us by Werribee Kia the biggest ever EV sale is on now at Werribee Kia